Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Jones and Four Show. Today, we're very lucky. We have a special guest with us, one who chases her passions uh, in a variety of different ways and inspires many people. I know she's inspired me. She is a constant supporter of everything I do. That's right, uh, we are here with my wife, Katie Jones. Uh, she is truly incredible. I'm not just saying it because she's my wife, but she really is. Uh, over the years we have been married, it's been what, 13 years now? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an amazing time. <laughs> and she, I've seen her from getting her bachelor's degree to doing her passion of teaching fourth grade, um, to writing and releasing her books, her very own books, which is exciting, and also going after her goals and passions of, of higher level education, one that I personally don't have, but she does, of getting her master's and is currently going for her doctorate. So um, recently, we'll get into these, but she just released uh, uh, two books, one within the last year called Goodnight Nina, uh, a town that we live in, Nina, a nice little uh, picture book there. And then just released, uh, as in this past week, Meet Nielsen Kisselfink. So we're going to talk with Katie about that, about these books and about her degrees and, and how she chases her passions in hopes that she can inspire you to chase your passions. So without me talking anymore, because I already talked way too much. Katie, tell, tell us about yourself. Besides being married to me, tell us about you. Um, well, I grew up in Nina, Wisconsin, um, my, my hometown. I get to teach there now. I teach fourth grade. Um, I've been teaching for nine years now. Um, so I've been fourth grade for eight of those years. One year I looped with my class to fifth grade. Um, so I've always been an avid reader and writer. I really, obviously, you know, I enjoy, I have a stack of books on my nightstand all the time and I like to read, <laughs> I like to read lots of different kinds of books and I also like to write poetry and short stories and stories for children. So uh, let's, let's look at the degrees first, right? So when did you first decide to go after a higher level of education, right? Not just a bachelor's degree, which you were set on for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I was a kid, when I was about eight, um, I decided that I was going to grow up and be Dr. Jones. Um, my father has several higher ed degrees, and um, so I just kind of thought that's just what you did. Um, and so I just decided early on, like, I'm going to go to school for a long time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn all these degrees. And as I grew up and, and started in education, I still wanted to pursue that dream. I think it's important. I love learning. So here I am. Eight years old. I, I can't imagine like thinking of, oh, I'll have a doctorate when I'm eight years old. Did At that time, did you know what that degree was going to be in or at least a field of study? Because your dad, my father-in-law, has um, degrees in music, uh, music performance and such, and conducting and along those lines. But did you have any idea at that age? Um, well, I already knew that I wanted to be a teacher at that point. Okay. Um, when I was in first grade, I had an amazing teacher, Mrs. Clark, Stacy Clark, um, and she inspired me to become a reader and a writer. And so I knew from then, like, that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to inspire kids when I grew up to, to love reading and writing and learning. And so I, I guess I figured it would be in the field of education. 
Nice, that's really cool. So how did you, so so what are your degrees in? So go through bachelor's and your master's and then the doctor that you're earning for. What, what are they? Okay, so my um, bachelor's <laughs> degree is in elementary education. So I'm certified pre-K through sixth grade. Mm -hmm. um, my master's degree is in curriculum and instruction. Um, because I just wanted to learn more about um, creating curriculum and really get into the meat of the literacy aspect of things for you education people. <laughs> um, and my current degree that I'm going for is um, an educational doctorate, so it's an EDD, um, and that is in learning design and leadership with a big focus on technology integration and multimodality teaching and, and all that fun stuff. So how has that helped you in your teaching so far because I'm assuming I mean you've done it for yourself and you've learned a lot but how has that really translated to you working in the classroom with your kids now yeah um so obviously I learned a lot of content in the different courses that I've taken over time but also I feel like it's just made me um, a better researcher and better at investigating different types of programs but also creating things to use with my students where I've always created things from the first you know when I was student teaching and everything but now I feel like I'm able to use those specific ideas from classes and create things that I know are based on good theory and will really work for kids. That, that's awesome. It's cool that now that you have that, that base to help propel you in your education and help your students grow and learn and so you can inspire them that much more. So th that's how it's helped you in the classroom. How has it helped you personally? How has earning your higher level degrees helped you be, you know, fulfill your dream, your purpose? How has it fulfilled your life? Um, well, I, I feel like, again, going back to that research component and just being more discerning about things that I'm learning about, thinking mm. about, reading about, um, and really it just fulfills me in the sense that I just love learning so much. And so any kind of learning, I don't care if I'm reading a true crime book or if I'm reading about a new literacy strategy, I just get so invigorated when it comes to learning new things. That's awesome. And it's cool that, that you love learning, that you love growing, and I know I've seen that throughout the years that we've been married and we were dating, that she just loves to learn. Uh, is that something that you would suggest other people do, and, and how could other people uh, do that? I mean, let's say they, they want to learn, they want to live their best life, live their life to the max. How, how would you suggest that they do that? So for our listeners, how can they live their life to the max through you know the Katie Jones lens? Ooh, the Katie Jones lens. That's a little scary. It's a scary lens. Um, well, I guess, I mean, if, if you just want to expand your knowledge and your thinking and your research and things like that, I mean, it, it doesn't take anything fancy. You don't have to go and earn higher ed degrees in order to do that. It's simply deciding on what are you interested in knowing about? What's something that really gets you fired up? And then find books, read articles, talk to people, go to your library. You know, I mean, you can learn things from any place, really. Um, so I guess it's just kind of deciding what it is that gets you really excited. So figuring out what your passion is and deciding mm -hmm. it and then doing the research, whether it's going to your library, looking at websites, forums, uh, chatting with people, and just researching it and getting to know it, right? I, I know for me personally, I think of research, and when I hear that, I think of this, it's a big fancy word, it seems, where you see people, I envision people in libraries with big books and studying and doing all that, when in reality, research can be that, but it can also be 
just you know doing the research looking at articles online even looking at magazine articles you're you're learning and researching different people's perspective different people's opinions about whatever it is whatever your passion is in this case education Since you are an author, congratulations, two books published, Thank that's you. incredible. Um, so what, you, you mentioned that you, you have a lot of books on her nightstand, and she does, she's not kidding, she has like <laughs> three or four books on her nightstand every night, I don't know how she does it. Um, what are some of your favorite books, what, what are your favorite genres, let's ask that question first. Oh, that's tough. Oh, I have so many. Um, I love true crime. I love to read about serial killers. Oh, that sounds so terrible. Um, I'm not a psycho or anything, but I just love to read about true crimes and really like I love books where <laughs> where it really digs at the psychology of the people who have perpetrated these crimes and and I don't know. It just is really fascinating to me. I always think she's analyzing me every time. She's reading those books she knows so much about and then she's constantly analyzing what I'm saying and what I'm doing. It's stressful, but we're making it through. So name um, <laughs> name two of your favorite books of all time, of everything you have read. Ooh. I'm, now, I prepped her with questions. I shared these questions mm -hmm. with her a couple times, but um, these questions weren't on there. So this is a, was, these are some surprise questions. So Katie, yeah. what are two of your all-time favorite books? Well, luckily we're in my library right now, so I can cheat. You um, only see a small section of it. <laughs> All four walls of this room are covered like this. I kid you not. <laughs> um, well, definitely one of my favorite books of all time is um, The Cat Ate My Gym Suit by Paula Danziger. I think I'll tell you her name. Sorry if it's wrong. Um, it's a book that when I was a kid, I read so much that my mom would take me to the thrift store because after a while she was like, I can't afford to keep you in new books, Katie. This is, we're going broke. So um, we would go to the thrift store because they were like a nickel or a dime or 15 cents. And we would, I would just get like a stack of books and we could go every couple days and it didn't cost very much to do that because I just would read and read and read. Um, and so The Cat Ate My Gym Suit is one of those books that I just came across at a thrift store and I thought, The Cat Ate My Gym Suit, well that sounds pretty weird, but I'm interested because um, I'm a pretty weird person. So <laughs> I grabbed this book and uh, just the character in the story just, uh, I don't know, the writer is just so amazing with the way she just presents real life in such an open way and um, I connected to the character who kind of struggled with with being self-confident and, um, you know, felt a little bit lost. Um, and so it just is really, I connected with that story for sure. I still love to reread it today. Um, and I would say another one, oh, there are so many good ones, it's hard to choose. Um, yeah, get out of the way. Um, <laughs> uh, there are just so many. I would have to say um, probably Misery by Stephen King. I know it's a total switch, kids book and whatever, but um, I love Stephen King. I started reading Stephen King when I was in elementary school. Shh, don't say what I read. Um, and <laughs> not every elementary kid school can or should read Stephen King, but yeah, you know, right. Let you be you. Yeah, I I haven't hurt anybody, so I think it's fine. <laughs> um, so I really love misery. I love Stephen King novels. I love the creepiness and the psychology and all the stuff. So 
That's really cool. really long answer to a really short question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that they're, they're two different extremes, right? That that you love and and the, the reasonings behind them is, is great. A relatable character for one of them with thought provoking questions, as silly as it might be, and then um, the more psychological aspect of it is awesome. And yeah, she still loves Stephen King novels, um, movies, things like that. We we watch uh, on the regular, which is really cool. So you were a voracious reader when you were younger. Did that translate into your writing a lot as a kid? Yes, for sure. Um, Mrs. Clark, my first grade teacher, she um, she really encouraged us to read a text and then do writing to try to kind of not copy it, but to use those techniques to make our own story. Ooh with that which now as a teacher of course that's what I teach kids you know we look at what they're called we call them mentor texts I might read a picture book or part of a book to kids and we'll analyze what the writer's done to make it really exciting or you know did they use juicy words or really strong descriptions and then we take our own stories and we say okay how could I kind of take that strategy and make it my own in my own story um so definitely reading tons of books I would do that on my own, I'm such a nerd, still am. But, um, you know, at home I would read a book and then I would say, oh, what did this author do? You know, I was like a little mini teacher already. Um, and, you know, I would I would think, okay, well, I'm gonna write a story that's a ghost story too, and I'm gonna do it like this, but use the author's strategy of. So yeah, definitely the, the two are definitely intertwined. That's cool, uh, reading and then you took those strategies and as you said, that's what you're teaching now to your kids. Mm -hmm. um, is that a strategy you still find yourself using today when you write? Absolutely, um, yeah. It's, I'm kind of weird when it comes to writing just because I have trouble finishing stories. Um, and so I try to look at other texts and go, okay, well, how can you actually get this story to wrap up now, Katie? <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I still do look to well-written books to find ways to improve my writing. So you're you're writing a lot as a kid and, and you're reading these books that have been published. Um, did that lead you or did you want to get your things published when you were younger? Was that a thought of becoming an author? Like you had the dream of going after your bigger degrees? Um, did, did you have that dream of becoming an author as a kid and did you try? Oh yes, for sure. Um, that dream started when I was in first grade. I, <laughs> I knew, okay, I gotta be a teacher, I have to be an author. Like, these are my two things. Those are, have been my dreams since I was, however old you are in first grade, seven or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, definitely that started early on. I did, um, I of course, you know, had my stories, like teachers could recommend your stories to be published in this printed, you know, with the binding home thing, like a <laughs> school publish, publication. and. Um, so I was in there and every time I was like, mom, dad, look, you know, I was so excited. Um, and then I knew that I wanted to have books published. Um, I wrote a chapter book when I was in eighth grade um, for young readers, like kids book. Um, and I sent that off to a bunch of places as well as poems and short stories. Oh, wow. I, I was mailing things like my mom was taking me to the post office and I was mailing out <laughs> all these <laughs> things to publishers. and. Um, nothing was published at that time. It was, it was disheartening, but at the same time, I knew that there are, there are authors of the stature of like Stephen King who sent their materials out over and over and rejection, rejection. I knew someday that my dream would come true. So yeah, but I've been working at it since I was a kid. <laughs> That's awesome. And now to see it come to fruition and we, we went a little different route. Um, and because I had some experience with my own books being published and doing self-publication and I told Katie, well, maybe this is a route that we should look into because it's much more accessible now 
and you know, much people respect it just as much as a, a pub, you know, um, published book through a publisher. Um, things have changed since when we were younger and when there was very few self-publishers out there. And so um, you, you wrote poems, you wrote um, chapter books as kids, and now your first book that you released, uh, Goodnight Nina, is a picture book, right? So it's really cool. Uh, if you haven't get, gotten it yet, you should check it out there on Amazon. But um, so we got this cool picture book. What led you to do a picture book for your first one after writing poems and, you know, short stories and, and all that? What led you to this? Um, well, I guess because I'm a teacher and I work with younger kids so that picture books are a huge part of my teaching. Mm. Um, you know, when I first became a teacher, one of the cooperating teachers I had suggested like, oh, well, why don't you find some good picture books for this unit? And I was like, fourth graders, picture books? Because when I went to school, I feel like picture books were just like kindergarten, first grade, then we were done with those, it was chapter books, you know, all the way. Um, and so, but then I discovered when I was student teaching in my first year of teaching that kids love picture books and I don't care if they're 10 years old, they still mm -hmm. absolutely love reading a picture book. Um, and so I see the value in them not only in teaching writing strategies, but also I've discovered so many great picture books as a teacher where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love this book. Like I'm not even using it for teaching. I just love it. It's so great. Um, and so I think that's kind of what inspired me to create a picture book for my first published item. Why do kids relate so well of any age um, to picture books as opposed to, you know, as you said, you think they'd be chapter books or, or longer books. Why is it that fourth graders and older, I'm sure, adults love and relate to picture books so much? I think it's because of, because they're so visual. Um, I feel like because that draws them in to, I, I, I wish I could describe to you what it's like to have like 25 fourth graders just staring at you in the book that you're reading to them. But sometimes it's just amazing to me how they get sucked into looking at the pictures and then here's the catch though, you have to be a really good reader um, in order to really suck the kids in. Uh, so, you know, giving the characters different voices. And I just feel like because it's shorter, they're able to get that whole idea from the book in that 10 or 15 minutes that it takes you to read it and, and stop and ask questions and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like they're able to connect because it's, it's shorter, so they get that whole story in one lump, and then the visual aspect really sucks them right in. I, I love that, because I know I'm a visual person, and having any visuals is helpful for me as opposed to just words. I mean, I, I relate to picture books in that sense, and I love seeing the pictures and the, the illustrations that they have. Um, and I think part of it is we as people, people generally love stories, right? We relate to stories. That's how we convey messages. That's how we sell things. That's how life is. Life is a story. And so we want to read and see these stories through books. So that leads us now to your second book, uh, Meet Nielsen Kisselfink, another picture book by Katie. Um, so... So talk us through this story, because Goodnight Nina is different. It's about our hometown of, of Nina, Wisconsin. But talk to us about Nielsen. Uh, how did how did you come up with him? What's his story? What, what's his story? So Nielsen is a very peculiar gentleman. You can tell. Um, yes, indeed. Um, he was born in London, and then he moved to Nina when he was just before he became a teenager. Um, so 
again, I'm setting this story in Nina. I, because I love Nina. I grew up in Nina. I teach in Nina. It's a beautiful place. And I just feel like it's a great way to connect. Like, you know, at least the kids that live in Nina can really connect to Nielsen on, on that because they'll see places in the, in the book that they've been to. Just like in Goodnight Nina, I had the opportunity to, um, to read Goodnight Nina to uh, another class at my school. My teaching partner Tamara Devlin her she teaches third grade I read that book to her kids and oh my gosh it was Mrs. Jones I've, I've been there I've been there so you know just that connection is really cool um but Nielsen came about because you and I had gone to England this last summer mm -hmm. and um we went on many tours and we went on a tour with this very British gentleman um, leading it, and he wore this really pompous top hat with all these feathers and things, and he was just very, very, mm, you know. <laughs> and so um, it just, Spencer and I went back to our hotel room that night. We were just giggling about this guy, and, you know, Spencer couldn't remember what his real name was, and so he said, oh, yes, Nielsen Kisselfink, and... I was like, that's it. I'm writing a book with a character named Nielsen Kisselfink, and this is what he's going to be. So on the plane ride home, I, w I was writing and sketching and, you know, all this stuff. And so it came up with, with Nielsen. And um, the great thing is my mom was able to be the illustrator for this book. Um, I was able to kind of describe to her what I wanted the pictures to look like. And I gave her an example, like had her look at like the Madeline books, that kind of illustration. And she created exactly what it was that I was envisioning for Nielsen and to bring this story to life. So it's it's really exciting that we got to work together on this. And I don't know, I just love love Nielsen because he's different from everyone else and he's not afraid to be. I love it. And it's it's cool that this book became came from us having our trip and our adventures together. Uh, and now Nielsen gets to have his adventures, but you also got to include your mom in it, who, who's a great illustrator. Would you be willing to read, I don't know, three, four pages and share the pictures with us uh, of Nielsen? Should I start at the beginning? Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. It's a good place to start, I've been talking. Okay. <laughs> Hello there, reader. Thank you for choosing this book. Of all the books available to you, you selected this one. Surely you will greatly enjoy it. Well, I suppose you'd like to meet the main character in the story. Turn the page. This is Nielsen Kisselfink. Yes, kiss old Fink. It's okay. It takes most people a few times to get it right. Nielsen was born in England. Elephant, to be precise. No, he was not born in an elephant. Elephant is a place. Actually, it's called Elephant and Castle. No, he was not born at a zoo that's inside a castle. Elephant and Castle is a place in the country of England. And so the story goes on to describe Nielsen growing up um, in London and how he became a voracious reader, shocker, I know, um, and loved books so much. And then it, you know, it talks about like his classmates like to make fun of the way he dressed because he dressed differently than other kids at the time. And, uh, but Nielsen was af not afraid to be who he was. And then his family moves to Nina and he gets to know the town and he ends up running into these two kids who have a problem they need some help with and he kind of comes to the rescue. So it's just a great story to meet a fun character. I love it. Um, and I love that you're drawing on, on real life situations uh, in the book uh, in there and the future stories to come. Is that how you write a lot of your books and stories is kind of based at least on tidbits of, of reality and then that you incorporate into your story? Yeah, I mean that that old adage of writers should write what they know. I mean that really that really gets you going on a story and you know I'll think of 
of things I've done, you know, for example, when we wrote or when I wrote Goodnight Nina and you helped me take the pictures and everything, um, I, I was thinking, well, what are the places that I loved as a child growing up in Nina? So I pulled from my own, oh yeah, that place used to make me feel so happy and this is a really cool spot to be. And so, you know, as, as I was writing the story, I always tell Spencer that um, I never know where the story is going to go because the characters lead me through their actions and I know that sounds insane but you know the, the characters really guide me to what's going to happen next and so I just kind of thought to myself oh where where would Nielsen be the first time that that he's in Nina and of course he'd want to go to the library I mean hello <laughs> and so I pictured him walking down this this road that we have in Nina that goes downtown and right past the library and I just kind of he took me from there that's awesome how can people learn more about you and get a copy of Nielsen or Goodnight Nina? Like, what, where can they learn more about you and get your books? Um, I have a website that lovely Spencer set up for me. <laughs> um, it's katierjones.com. So there's information there, uh, learning more about Nielsen's adventures in between publications, um, and more information about me as an author. Uh, and then, of course, both books are available on Amazon as well. Awesome. And those uh, links to her website, kdrjones.com, will be also in the show notes. If you're interested in the show notes, just go to my website, spencermjones.com, and go to jo the Jones and Forrest show, click on our interview, and you can read all the show notes uh, of, of this great show and learn more about Katie and get those links there. This is awesome, Katie. I love, uh, love that you were able to get these books published. Congratulations. On, on doing that much. It's so much work, so much effort, and to see your dream come true is amazing. What advice would you give our listeners, our viewers, uh, to help them live their life to the max, to help them chase their dreams and make it a reality? I would say my advice would be to pursue what excites you and what you're passionate about, even if it seems, I don't want to say not that important. Like, for example, like me earning a doctorate, like it's not going to change my career. I want to stay in the classroom for the rest of my life. Like I don't want to be an administrator or anything like that. So some people, when they hear I'm earning this degree, they're like, oh, well, you're going to make a bunch more money. Or, and I'm like, no, I'm just going to be a teacher and just be a better teacher because of it. And they're kind of like, okay. <laughs> um, so I would say that no matter what you're passionate about, as long as it's important to you, it's important enough to pursue, you know, just like publishing a picture book that may not seem very important to some people and be like okay that's great are you gonna get rich on it probably not but I love it it's fun to share stories um so even if it's not something that others might find a lot of value in if it's important to you do it right it adds value to your life so that means it is important right it's important mm -hmm. to you so chase that passion um go after it, make it a reality do the research have fun with it and just dive in and and enjoy it well, Katie, thank you so much for, you've been part of these episodes as far as listening behind the scenes and, and hearing me at it and doing all these fun things. It's great to get you on the other side of the camera today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you for being part of the Jones and Ford tribe. If you like this episode, if you like this show, uh, please give us a like, share this out with your friends, tag us, you know, go support Katie and her books because they will make you happy. If you have kids, they're going to love these books as well. Uh, even if you're not from Nina, it's a great book <laughs> and you'll send, it's a story. We all love stories. Go check them out. So please subscribe, like our show folks. And until next time, I'll catch you later.